Ramblers, let's get rambling. And welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, show 567 on my podcast, Home of Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Welcome to the show and one of the longest running single hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Thanks for joining me today. Got a terrific show lined up for you today, a very heroic edition of the show, including a review I have waited over a year, and I'm serious to talk to you guys about, and that is coming up on this episode of the show. I'm going to start things off by the show going to the dogs, but in a good way, with my Blu-ray review of A Dog's Way Home, courtesy of Sony Home Video, where sometimes the best part of the journey is making it home about a doggy trying to get back home to its owners. Then we go from the, the dog days of spring to a, a more serious note, note where we cross the pond for another cop drama, courtesy of the great folks at BBC Home Video. This time, it's Bancroft, Series 1, although don't say Series 1, but it pretty much could be. Starring Sarah Parrish and Faye Marze. Of course, you have seen Faye Marze in Game of Thrones, which is happening right now, the final season of Game of Thrones. So that is on the on DVD, courtesy of BBC Home Video. Then we keep it the cop drama, but we're going back across the pond to North America with Instinct, season one, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, starring Alan Cumming, who of course played Nightcrawler in the X-Men movies. And speaking of superhero stuff, and there's a segue for you, we're going to give you my review, the long-awaited review, and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to catch this in the theater, but... The stars aligned, everybody, so I was able to do it, of Avengers Endgame, the final saga chapter of a 20-plus movie franchise that started way back in 2008. I'll give you my spoiler-free review of that movie. So just like the hashtag says, hashtag don't spoil the endgame, I'm not going to do that for you folks. I'll give my opinion, but I'm not going to give away big things they're in the movie, and I'm going to talk about that a bit when I review the movie, too. Just get my little beef out of that. That is all on this week's show. Not a lot to talk about at the uh, the start of the show today. Um, I will mention, though, um, Game of Thrones. I did mention that briefly. I am making my way through. Um, I am watching season eight, the final season. Now, normally, Ramblers, you know, I wait till the whole season's over and then I binge watch it, and then I talk about it too. But much like Endgame, there's far too many spoilers out there, so I'm I'm watching it week by week. Now I could give you a weekly review of that, but I'm not going to, because uh, you know I'm I'm mostly bi-weekly these days. I will though. Don't you know for sure when it's all said and done, when the final battle is fought, when the you know it's all said and done with sometime in May. Um, I, I will give you my opinion of that, uh, when it, when it hits, um, the digital release, uh, sometime in May, or I think around May 20th, we're looking at. So sometime in May, you'll get my full review of the season 
and 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 I'll give you my take on on the the last season of Game of Thrones, and then the, the, judge the whole series as a whole. And now I'm not going to go back and watch all the previous seasons. I don't have time for this, Ramblers. But I, you know, I remember I can still give you a good overview and how I feel characters have progressed and how they ended and all that stuff. So it's a, a lot of endings um, this this time of year. And then Gotham is ending too after five seasons, but that's a show maybe in the future I'll talk about. But that's ending too. A lot of things are ending. But, you know, the movies are ending, but the spring is budding here. I, I see finally, like, the leaves are trees are finally starting to get leaves in the window in front of me, in front of the, the fine studios, which is where I am right now. So that's great. I am, I am happy for that. I still haven't changed the tires on my car. Still driving winter tires because my, my summers, apparently they died last year. And um, so I have to get some new ones, but I'm waiting on some money, which hopefully the next month should hit me. And then I can get fresh tires. So I'm hoping it doesn't get too warm too quickly. Uh, <laughs> Because I need to change tires and I don't want to kill the winters because I got some good tread on still. So there you go. There's a slice of rust for you. So that that's kind of the way it goes. Will this be will Endgame be the last movie I see this year? I don't know. There's a little movie called Hobbs and Shaw uh coming out in August, which maybe we'll go see in the theater because because uh, Mrs. Ramble, uh Leanne really wants to see the, she likes the fast and furious movies and she saw the trailer and i think she wants to go so we will see um if if there are more movies in the theater in the future uh, i can't it's not like the old days ramblers i can't promise guarantee things for you but i do what i can because some movies oh you just you just it's too many people want to spoil things out there and i'll that in a bit uh that you just got to go see them in the theater all right, that's enough for this uh, initial ramblings. We're going to take a little musical interlude right for the first review of the show. My Blu-ray movie review for this episode is A Dog's Way Home, courtesy of Sony Home Video. Now, this movie kind of reminds me of The Incredible Journey, like the next generation. Now, this time around, instead of it being, you know, uh, more than one animal, because it was like a dog and a cat, maybe another dog. Though you could say I'm wrong. I don't know. It's been a long time. This time around, it's one dog that that has a journey, and much like that movie, it's a talking dog. But thankfully, this is the old school way of talking dog, where you don't see the mouths move like in the air, like in the buddy, the little talking dog buddy. Air Buddies movies. You know, the ones, the dogs, the lips, the talk. I hate that. I'm going to tell you, Ramblers, I hate that. I find that creepy and weird. I just like to hear, dog's going to talk, the mouth doesn't move. You just hear, like, the dog's inner thoughts. I'm fine with that. I can live with that. So that's fine. Now, the voice of the dog, Bella, is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. And she does a, you know, a good job kind of being like, I'm a dog, let's go. Kind of, that kind of, preppy voice and the dog uh shelby they hired in this one her that's the dog's name it's plays bella in this one it's a pretty good trained dog which amazes me about this dog and we learned this in the featurettes is is that this dog actually was originally a rescue dog that they got and then they just gave it to a trainer and she trained it for months and made it into a working show dog and that's pretty impressive to do that that's like Dang, that takes some skills. 
And and that's pretty cool. And that's what they did in this one. In this story, uh, Bell is is now here's where okay, I'm gonna get a little nitpicky. All right. In in the in the movie, and we meet the Bella like she was like a little puppy. Her her mother in the movie, Bella's mother, the dog's mother, is clearly a pit bull. They they establish that right, like the father, who knows what ouch, what what that um with that dog was. The mother clearly was a pit bull, and they established that right early. And and the city that the dog is born in, they got, you know, like a pit bull ordinance where it's like pit bulls are banned. So so at the start of this movie, Bella and her siblings and the mother and a bunch of cats are are living in this kind of abandoned house. And they get raided by the, you know, the, the animal control and and Bella gets out. She escapes the animal control. And and because her father clearly wasn't a pit bull, this little puppy does not look like a pit bull. She looks like a mutt. It's like a normal kind of mutt, really. I don't know what kind of dog. Kind of almost looks like shepherdy, maybe. Maybe the father was a shepherd, maybe, or a retriever or a lab or something. But this dog does not look pit bully. And and so I you know, maybe because these animal control guys, because they saw it with the they they know it's from a pit bull, but it doesn't look pit bully at all. But but there's this thing, so, so and I know that's not a real word. And so so they, they, they you know constantly trying to get this dog, right? So so they um so that that's the run through. So that so Bella escapes and then finds a home with the character of Lucas, played by Jonah Howard King, and and then his mother as well, played by Ashley Judd. <laughs> so so Ashley Judd's in this. She's like the biggest name in this. So it's her, and then um and then um Lucas has a girlfriend called Olivia. And 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 played by Alexandra Ship. Oh Ship. Uh, so I don't really know her voice. Now the other kind of big name in this one is um Edward Ames Joel Edward James Almost is in this one. Yeah. He plays like uh, a bum, like Axel, who temporarily and he's a man, like Colonel Adama from the new BSG is in this and man, he's now, I don't know if it was just like for the character, for like for the role of being a street bum. But man, James is looking old. I, I really hope that's not how he looks like in real life. But he's aged. But it's cool to see him in this kind of like somewhat, you know, extended cameo, if you will. And, and, and so he's in this. So the, the story basically goes is that so so Bella gets these new owners. And through a series of events, she gets taken away because the, the, the animal control guy is like, oh, she's a pit bull, you know, and he's constantly trying to track her. And so her owners, in a plan to protect her, they train her to go home. They train her to go, okay, you know, we're going to let you off the lease. We're going to say go home, and you're going to run onto our property and stay there and be safe. Well, they they, they, they try this plan, and, and the, 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 the animal control people kind of catch them with the dog out, and they try to do the, you know, let the leash go and go home, but the dog is like, no, I, you know, something's wrong. I want to see, I want to protect you. Why do I want to go? And, and they end up catching the dog and, and impounding her. She gets impounded and then somehow gets transported like miles and miles away from these people. I don't know how far it was exactly, but we're talking a good long distance away. And all the movie, 
Bella is just trying to go home. She's just trying to, you know, make her way back to her original owner. And along the way, she stumbles across a couple of guys who are living together. We don't know if, you know, if they're more than just friends. And and they adopt her for a short time. And she goes on all these adventures. And at one point in the wild, she comes across, she befriends uh, a mountain lion club called, she calls Big Kitty, who who kind of, she raises, because she was raised by cats. And, um, and, because um, the cats by Lucas, her original owner. And so, and so she befriends this mountain lion and they end up being buddies as the lion gets older. Now, what they did, and, and I kind of thought that, which is a bit of a cheat, but I don't blame them. And I, I noticed it in the movie because although it's, it's well made, you can tell the budget only went so far. So the mountain lion, you're thinking like, oh, there's something with the mountain lion that looks a little CGI. And it was the, not to spoil things, folks, and I'm sorry if it seems like it's one, but the mountain lion you see in the movie, it wasn't that it was CGI, and it, they did a pretty good job, but my keen eye notices things like that. And there's a point where there's some wolves, like coyotes, and they weren't really there either. So, it's movie magic. But it, it's, I don't blame them, because, yeah, like a mountain, I don't know if there even are trained mountain lions out there. So there's that. Then she goes on this long journey to get back. She just wants to go home, get back to original owner. So it's a nice little kind of family story that way. Although there are things along the way when Bella does survive are a little, you know, like stealing food and stuff. And it's funny. You you watch the training videos and it's like, oh, they're training Bella to steal food and to knock over garbage cans. And like, well, I hope, you know, it's kind of a funny, you're teaching this dog all bad behavior just to act and roll and be like, you know, if this dog was in real life and started doing that, you'd be like, I'm sorry. No, I trained her for a movie. I don't know how they could turn that off. It's like, how's a dog supposed to know? I thought that was kind of funny. So, so apparently in this novel, in the story, she embarks on a 400 mile journey to get home and, 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 and like a two year journey to get home. And I can believe uh, a dog would go that far. Now, in the extras, they say, you know, that she was guided by a higher power, and that was the message they were trying to get across. I'm sorry. I watched this movie, and at no point in time did I fear that the Lord Almighty was saying, come on, doggie, get yourself home. I never got anything spiritually out of this. I just got it out of a dog who really bonded with their, you know, their original kind of owners, and it's strong instinct to get back to that person just work that internal I need to get to that person and and dogs have an amazing sense of direction and it just guided that animal back. And that's to me, that's how I interpret it. Now they said that in the extras that it's supposed to be some kind of spiritually thingy, but no, I'm sorry. If that was a message you were trying to portray in this movie, eh, you failed with me. Didn't get any kind of feel like that. Just a dog. There's no, I felt no higher power trying to guide this dog back to the people. There was no burning bush. There were no parting of the waters. There were no supernatural events. It made me go, dang, that's the Lord working its work, doing its thing there with the doggy. I did, I did not 
get that at all. So, so don't, I don't know where they're going with that. Um, it's quoted as a nice adventure. It's it for the whole family by Lindsay Behar. Behar of the uh, Associated Press. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's very friendly. It's nothing in there that you have to worry your kids watching. Uh, there are deleted scenes there. I see why they cut them. Although it cut off some screen time for Mr. Almost. Uh, Dog Aids, uh, Shelby's production diary. I found this a really cool featurette and how they showed um, how they trained this dog to do some really bad things. Um, an Unforgettable Journey, just an overall featurette on this and, and what went into making this movie. But I like the I like the uh, production diary, though. The journey that you saw the dog do and the training involved with it. That was super cool. I'm glad they included it in there. And then DUI Dog Treats with Shelby, where the chef goes through a little featurette showing how to make treats for your doggy. So that's cool. And trust me, you know, you go to any pet store and some of these dog treats, these fancy ones with the icing that's safe for the dog, to this day, I'm like... Man, that is fancy. You know, it's all this artistry that we look at as humans and go, wow, that's really cool looking. You go to the dog, how come? Two seconds, it is gone. And they do not appreciate that effort whatsoever. You know, you're not going to hear a dog go, well, that was nicely designed and it tasted good down the stomach. No, that's never going to happen. So that is that. Overall, it is a cute movie. Um, no commentary by directors. You'd think... Since they say they were so involved with this production that they would have had audio commentary with the track would have been super cool, but no, no, you just you don't get that, which is a shame. It is a cute doggy story. I you know I every once in a while it's just nice to watch a cute doggy story. This one really has it, and and um, a nice ending. Also, sometimes the best part of the journey is making it home. I agree with that. The, the French title is funny, though, because um, it is L'Incroyable Adventure, uh, Aventure de Bella, which translates to The Incredible Adventure of Bella, which is not even similar to A Dog's Way Home. So, I mean, it would almost be La Chance uh, à Demain or something, or Va Demain, or... I don't know. That is not the... <laughs> the translation for it. I don't know what people are thinking because that sometimes French translations can be right on the money to like the exact translation for this. But that isn't even close. You know what? I'm going to do this while I'm doing this review because I, I meant to do this before and I didn't think of doing it. But I'm going to do this right now so you're hearing me do this as I am talking because you know what? I just I just want to test this out for myself. Do this at home. Google um, English to French. All right. And then all you do is you just type in the title. The thing I should have done before, but sometimes we make things up. Type it in. And why am I doing this? Because I I don't want to, I'm being a lazy editor right now, and I don't care. Call me on and all you want. I'm going dogs. Way home. Whoops. Not home. Learn to type. Right. And that would be Le Chemin du Chien. That is what the title should be. Not L'Incroyable Aventure de Bella. 
So maybe that just had a better title sounding in French than La Chamaine de Chien. But hey! <laughs> there you go. That is... I always get a kick out of that. So that is my take of A Dog's Way Home on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment. is a tonic love is the cure I can only suppose what I can't say for sure 
If together, however, we pretend to have all that we need, I might stay here forever in this beautiful web that we weave. Tell me lies. Tell. Sweet nothings to me. Tell me lies. Tell me lies. Tell me lies. Let the truth set some other man free. My TV show on DVD review for this episode is Bankrupt Series One. Courtesy of the great folks at BBC Home Video, even though they don't label it Series 1 on the cover, which I find rather odd. In this story, set across the pond, good, good old UK, or at least UK region, anyway, the story centers around a top copper, played by Barish, called Elizabeth Bancroft. And, and they establish early on that, that she, you know, she's one of these police officers that just get the job done. She's, like, really dedicated and really do that. And early on in, in this four-episode series, and it is very short, that's British, typical British stuff. Sometimes it's only four episodes in a season or a series. We, we get established that there was a murder that happened like many, many years ago. And then we, we and, and, and Bancroft was the first cop on the scene to discover the body. So that's what links her to the case. And since then, you know, she that happened when she was just like a patrol person. I don't know what the British equivalent of that is. Patrol officer. And then she went on to become, you know, move up in the ranks 20-odd years later sort of thing. So so that's the premise. We start off with this old, cold case. And the um, the other main actress in this one is played by Faye Marze, who plays Catherine Stevens. She's a young, kind of up-and-coming rookie, and, and she gets assigned to cold cases. And one of these cold, in the cold case is this murder that, that impacted... Um, uh, you know, Bancroft's career early on. And it's been just sitting on the shelves. And so they give her the, the job to, um, to do it. So she gets assigned to the case along with it. She gets signed uh, a kind of assistant in Zahira Kamar. Um, the, the name of the assistant played by, by um, Anjali Mohindra. So, so he's kind of like her assistant. And as the, the, this four episodes gone, go on, we realize that Bancroft maybe had a little bit more to do with this murder than just being the first copper on the scene. And that's kind of the premise of this. And Bancroft is ruthless, all right? She is, you, you really learn in these four episodes that she will stop at nothing, and I mean nothing, uh, you know, that, that's going to stand in her way. So if she sees a problem, she deals with it, and when the way she deals with it, May isn't always, you know, the proper way kind of thing. And she is ruthless. What This show is really good. Um, now, of course, uh, Bancroft is played by um, Sarah Parrish. And, of course, she was last uh, in Broadchurch. And, of course, of course uh, from Broadchurch, you know, we have the new Doctor Who, Jodie Whittaker. And, of course, um, uh, David Tennant was on that. It really makes me want to watch Broadchurch more and more because all these actresses' shows are coming on other shows. This is quite a good detective drama because as these four episodes go, we learn more about the crime 
and and, and uh, the character of uh, Catherine, he gets closer and closer to the truth of it. And it's that kind of like, as the audience member, right, we see, okay, we are privileged to things that Catherine doesn't know about that murder. And, and it's, it's kind of because you you see it's kind of it kind of like watching the outside as this stuff progresses. The music in this is very intense. I love the theme song for this show. I, I hope that, and it did carry over into a series too that that they keep the theme song because it really is good. The 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 it's a really nice close you know short four episode series arc to it. The ending, man, <laughs> the ending. Is really good. It's it's just like it gets to a point, and you're like, oh, things are coming together, and and it is you. It's one of those endings. I thought, is it is it like oh, it may, it's like very Games of Thrones ish, and it almost made me go, wow, that just happened. I I just saw that happen. Okay, and it really set some very interesting up for series two. And what are the going to repercussions of what happened in one? How is that going to spill over into two? Because I'm telling you, some things went down, and and it's going to be very interesting to see. The the cast is really good. I like this. I'm trying to remember um, the character that Faye uh, Marze played in Game of Thrones. Because, you know, there's been so many actresses, and over eight seasons, but, well, I have watched a lot of Games of Thrones. You know, timely that they're releasing this series with her as Thrones is, you know, kind of wrapping up and, and calling it quits. Let me just, you know, just like I did before. <laughs> and looking things up on the fly. Things you should have done before, Russ. But we're going to do it right now. We're going to do it right now. Talking. Ah, right. She played the waif in, in Game of Thrones. Now, she didn't have a lot of episodes in it. Didn't she only was in eleven episodes of the 2016 season? So <laughs> something happened to her character. So she had like you know a, a little run in that season, but um, you know ain't there now. So so that's where you saw her. Now I don't remember that character that well in that season. You know it's been a while. There's a lot. It's a big cast to show. But that's what she was in, if, if you're wondering, like, where have I seen that girl before? And uh, since then, she has a pretty steady actress, I gotta say. You know, it, it's, you know if you can have a, a, a few episodes of Game of Thrones under your belt these days, hey, you're not doing so bad for yourself. The rest of the cast in, in Bancroft is pretty good, pretty supporting. And, and then you have... Also, Bancroft has a relation. She has a younger son, and then there's there's a there's a bit of a, a conflict there with Catherine and Bancroft's younger son. So that kind of plays into it. Yeah, after um, Bancroft, um, she has acted. Because keep in mind, Bancroft. This happened 2017. So these are <laughs> it's been a while since these episode aired. There's always a big gap with British shows. Since then, she did uh, You and Me and Him, Shamed, uh, McMafia, a TV series I've never heard of yet, uh, Private War, which I think I heard about, and uh, Seconds Out, which was a short she did uh, sometime this year. So so that's kind of been her history. And of course, Sarah Parrish, I said, has um, done her fair bit 
of work too. I really like it. I think the, the interplay between the actors is really good. And and definitely worth checking out. The only complaint I have with this release is there is no extras. There is no behind the scenes, no commentary. I would have loved to heard commentary on these four episodes, especially the last one, the last few scenes. Man, I would love to have heard that. That is a bit of a miss here. If you're looking for a really intense copper story on the British side of it, yeah, I think Bancroft is definitely uh, checking around. Every, the, the, the tagline, everyone has a secret. And oh, the secret in this show. Uh, looking forward to series two. I hope that does get released in the near future. I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes from here because they ended in a way and it's like, hmm, you... There are a lot of things in place here that could go certain ways. And, and we'll see what the repercussions of what certain characters' decisions are when it comes to the show. Anyway, that is my take of Bancroft, Series 1 on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at BBC Home Video.
My second TV show on DVD review for this episode is Instinct, Season 1, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, this is a very interesting uh, cop show. It's very much a buddy cop show starring Alan Cumming as the main kind of um, dude in this show. In this show, he plays Dr. Dylan Reinhardt, who is a, um, a jack of many trades. He, as, as you start the series, he is a, a teacher. But we quickly learn that he is an ex-CIA agent as well. And the series starts because um, one of the books, uh, and he's an author, that one of the books he wrote called Freaks, a, a fan of his book uh, takes it to heart so much and uses his book to commit murders. And then because of that, he gets drafted into assistance by, by the NYPD to help solve the crime. And, of course, that is through Detective Lizzie Needham, played by Bojana Novakovic. So he gets drafted in, because of his novel, to help her. And this, in this 13-episode first season, it's just 13 episodes, kind of drags drags them into their kind of partnership. Now, of course, this is from the best-selling author, James Patterson. I reviewed a lot of Patterson Patterson on this show over the last almost 13 years of doing Rambled Russell, if you look back at the older archives. I've done talked a lot of Patterson. I don't remember reading this Patterson book, but it kind of feels like a Patterson. Now, this this series kind of is a, a bit like, um, very similar, I would say, the same kind of feel as Elementary, where you have um, two, a male and a female lead, two personalities that are completely different from each other, and yet they use those differences to, um, to, I don't know, to, to work together and to solve things. And, and this is, these, these crimes are, are, I guess, more of a, um, psychological kind of crimes, more of the crimes of the insane or, or the, the, um, mentally motivated, I'm going to say for the best part of it, that that's how I would describe them. And, um, yeah, so it starts as that serial um, uh, murder using his book's tutorial, and then it kind of brings him, brings him out of retirement. And the way this works is Dylan is very, you know, I'll just use, do things my way, you know, and, um, and, um, you know, and I'll do things very much off the book, right? Whereas... Whereas, whereas, um, the, whereas she is more of like, you know, I'm a buy the book cop. we got to do things the right way, you know, to solve these crimes. He's like, eh, you know, I can use my old CIA context and, and do it. That, that, um, how this story goes out. But as the 13 episode season goes on, you, you start to realize, oh, wait a minute. She starts kind of doing things, not so much by the book. And his his influence is really felt in this series. And that's kind of interesting when it comes to that. So you have that kind of dynamic where at first she's like, no, no, we need to do things by like, well, really, you know, I just can use my CIA contacts and I can kind of do it that way. Uh, one of the other cast members in this one, and I, I and you know, I don't think she's done a TV show I'm going to say since um, since uh, I'm going to say Next Generation is Whoopi Goldberg in the show. And she plays his publicist, Joe. Like, 
dang, Whoop is doing a TV show again. So that that's kind of cool. I didn't expect, you know, to see her on a TV show again. And and so since he's wrote a book, you know, like any kind of good publicist, it's like, well, that's great. You wrote a book. Can you write another one? Like I could just imagine the publicist for JK that gets on uh, her case a lot of the time. So there, there's that for sure uh, that's going on there. So you have that uh, as part of the cast. Now, there, there are kind of other sergeants or kind of members of her team, but, you know, they're barely used in, in this season. And part of her story, too, is that she had a partner before that was, was I guess, I, I believe it was her husband or a you know, boyfriend or something. And and he died, and but it was under kind of shady circumstances. So a lot of this season is we get into is it's looking into his death and 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 what really happened to it. And then there's there's a there's a bit of a resolve when that comes to that, and that that's good to see. So that kind of gets covered. I, I won't tell you how it is because you know, like to say, we are the non-spoilery show, but it is dealt with, and there is a nice kind of art to that. And so it's that. So she really didn't want a partner, but she kind of falls into a partner when it comes to that. So I, I like I like how how that's done. Now, what's interesting about um, about um, about the um, the contact that that uh, Dylan uses is he's an actor who we have seen before. The, the character's name is Julian Cousins. The actor is Naveen Andrews. Of course, I remember last seen in Lost. I forget who he played in Lost, and it's bad for remembering. But that's cool to see him in this show as well. I don't think I've seen him in another show in quite some time. And he's in a good chunk of episodes in this season. And and there's a weird kind of relationship that gets built up there too, which could cause conflicts in season two. You also have... Um, you also have Sharon Leal plays Lieutenant Jasmine Gooden or Godden Gooden, uh, who is kind of um, kind of um, Lizzie's boss and gal pal kind of thing. So there's that relationship there too. So it's interesting. Uh, Thirteen uh, 13 seasons. The crimes. It's very much elementary where they they're of a distinct nature and it's then using each other's own skills to solve things. Now, also thrown in the mix here with characters is you have the character of Andy, played by Daniel Ings, and Andy is Dylan's husband. Yeah, these, these, you know, it's and it's it's a gay, you know, couple um, on the show, and that's you know that's a sign of the times because twenty, thirty years ago, you, I'm honest, I guarantee you, you would not see this on television, and it's a very interesting relationship because Andy. As we learn how, you know, more as the season goes, we start the season, he's, he's, he runs a restaurant and, and Dylan kind of helps him out with it. But, but that's not what he originally wanted to do uh, with his, well, it's not his parents thought he wanted to do. And so there's that that gets dealt with. And Andy's supportive of, of, of Dylan. They're a very supporting couple. And there's a decision they make at the end of the season, which could very interestingly play into this second season. We'll see how far they go with that. They kind of tease it. There's this kid that comes out of nowhere, which maybe wasn't paying attention to. I don't know that, that has, that knows them and they kind of test out the idea. 
But um, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I like the chemistry between Cummings and 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 and, and you know and Dylan and Lizzie. I think it really is there. There's a friendship there. There definitely is a friendship. More than that, I I don't know. And and I'm surprised. And maybe it will happen. I I could see with all these relationships some some jealousy and some conflict in season two. We'll see where they go with that. I don't know. Uh, there for extras in this one, you do get extended and deleted scenes in some of the thirteen episodes, not all of them, and you do get a gag reel, which is funny. No commentary, dang it, and any of the episodes not even in the premiere and not even in the finale which is a little disappointing the theme song it, it's really short it's like it's over i'm hoping maybe second season kind of like elementary they expand it a little bit and it's more than just a few little notes then it's done i don't know i i miss the days of old tv theme songs man i really do and the trend continues that's me i'm old school that way the only other um, extras you have for this are pilot episodes for Bull, season one. Or pilot episode, yeah, for Bull, uh, The Good Fight, and SEAL Team. So it's like, look, here are other CBS shows you could be checking out if you're interested in. You haven't done that in a while, but those are all on the um, the last disc, the fourth disc of the um, series. So it, it, is, it is a very short run. There's only like so many episodes in this whole season, which is really kind of crazy on four discs. So yeah, we're talking actually, no, sorry, not 13, 10 episodes in this season. <laughs> Ted, D sir. Uh, that's it. So that is, is kind of odd that, so we'll see. Uh, I know a lot of times with shows, there may be changes. I see indications there may be changes in the second season. I don't know. I mean, you know, there'll still be Dylan and Lizzie, but, and probably Andy, of course, you can't really take him out of that, but, uh, I don't know. I, cause they did that, you know, they did that with, um, uh, Un- unforgettable with the Poppy Montgomery show. They, they did a huge character shift change from one season to another. And I don't know, they could do that with this one. I see indications they might. So we will see season two. It did get renewed for a second season. So it, did do well enough, but I could see some cast changes, maybe. I don't know, uh, other than the two main leads. But uh, it's it's interesting movie about catching a killer with somebody who understands the mind of a killer. I like the premise. Cummings is great. I always liked him as Nightcrawler, I, you know, and he's just a great actor. And, and he works well with this show. So it really is uh, worth checking out. It, it is kind of the... Um, it it is it is a detective show with a twist, and Lizzie is <laughs> she's got some issues, uh, and it's you know it it's it's an interesting premise for a show. Um, so that is my take of Instinct, season one on DVD, courtesy the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment.
Well, to quote an old song, it's been a long time a-coming, but it's well worth the wait. And that's what I feel about my movie review for this episode for Avengers Endgame. Yes, as I said at the top of the show, I've been talking about this movie for a long time. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to to see it in the theater just because time and money, money and time. But I really wanted to. And I'm telling you, glad I did. Now, like I said, at the start of the show as well. This is going to be a spoiler free review of Endgame. I will give you my opinions of it. I got a lot to talk about, but I am not going to spoil any plot points of this movie because I want you to go and see this in a theater. I had such a good time and it was such an experience seeing the theater. I don't want to spoil anything for you about this. And for weeks now, I've been hearing about this movie. I've been hearing that people have been putting up images from this movie on the internet. And that, I'm going to, before I even talk about the movie, I'm going to talk about this right now. That is evil, okay? All you people, you douches on the internet, go out there and throw up images and stuff and spoil key scenes. And oh, lordy, there are scenes. You, you are awful people, okay? And I'm going to caution y'all. If you want to see this movie in the theater, right? And you don't want to wait till home video. I'm going to tell you, don't watch, you know, don't, if there's any kind of images of any, you're safe with me, but if there's any kind of images out there, any kind of website, or there's comments on YouTube videos, ignore them, okay? Don't, don't look at them for things to give away. Don't look at any kind of images from it. You know, the trailers are fine. Watch the official trailers all you want. Don't read the comments, though. They they don't give anything away. They did a really good job of teasing a heck of a lot of stuff, but they're not going to spoil the big moments in this movie. And I said, Lord Almighty, there are some big moments in this movie. First off, I'm going to say this movie was like a postcard for all the people that have stuck with the MCU since Iron Man way back in 2008. And I've seen every movie except... Captain Marvel. I'm sorry, Ramblers. I tried. That's going to have to wait until that comes in video June or July. Probably on the same time the Endgame will. And and a lot of you are saying, well, you know, am I going to miss out? Am I going to miss some key information by not watching Captain Marvel before I see Endgame? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Do you need to know who Captain Marvel is? Okay. This is what you need to know going into Avengers Endgame, right? Captain Marvel is a uber-powerful human that got enhanced by the Kree. And I'm not spoiling nothing because it's right there in the trailers, right? And 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 she has a connection with with, you know, she's a human that got enhanced. And and if you saw the end of Infinity War, you know. She got a signal out. Now, how that all kind of relates to other things in Captain Marvel, I don't know. But she got, and that's why she came back. And all you got to know about her is she's uber powerful. She can fire laser beams from her hand. She can fly. And she's really strong. Okay. <laughs> and, and can fly in space. That's all you need to know about it, about her in this movie. 
And 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 that's all the backstory you need to know. And she comes back and 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 has a role in the movie. Now, she's not in the whole movie. So all you might have been PO'd about Captain Marvel and maybe didn't like the movie. I can't judge it because I haven't seen it yet. I'm just going by what people say. Then don't worry. There's, she's she's not in the whole three plus hours, but she does play a significant role in some scenes. All right, and so she's there. But and 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 her part is well served. But it, it um it's you know she's not the main focus of this movie. Some people worried that she's going to be too much in it. No. So if you really didn't like her. Don't worry about it. She's in there. But I, I found her tolerable. You know, she she did what she needed to do to be part of this movie. And what a movie this is, folks. This is going to be a long one. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, it's, it, it's, I came out of this movie, man, feeling Wonderbar. I wish I could have recorded it right after I saw it. I don't have that recorder anymore. But I, I still, I still can talk about it. Today. Keep in mind, I'm talking to you on this about a couple of days or so after I watched it. Now I went to see this in the local theater here in Welland at the um, Seaway Mall, and great theater seating, by the way. I don't know if you're in the Niagara region. I love reclining seats. I will never get tired of reclining seats. Although after three hours, my butt was feeling a little warm. I'm going to tell you, not that you need to know that. But I'm I'm glad I got to see, and I saw it in 3D. And also, I'm glad I did. Although I should have cleaned my glasses a little bit first, but that's me. Uh, and I saw it in 3D, and it is really good in 3D, folks. You get a chance to see it. Oh, if you could see it 3D like an IMAX, it it is really good. And and I'm I'm glad I saw it with a crowd of people because. I'm telling you, and this theater was sold out. I got like one of the remaining tickets for it. And there was, a, there was some people beside me and they just got them too. Like the last ones, we just got in to that screen. This was like seven o'clock on the Friday of opening weekend that, that I saw it. And, and it was packed. And I'm glad I saw it in the theater because the reaction in the theater of certain scenes People were cheering. People were crying. And I'm going to warn you, Ramblers, bring some tissues. I'm not going to tell you what happens. I don't spoil things here. Hashtag don't spoil the end game. But, but, um, oh, there are some moments. There are some moments that will make you cry. If I think about the moments. Ah, oh, damn you, Marvel. And, and, and they, there's, Oh man, there are some moments. I and I, I, I want to talk. I can't. There are some moments that will just, oh, they will get you. And and if you've watched these movies, you if you've spent the last eleven plus years watching all these movies, oh god, I challenge you not to feel something. You have to be not human. You have to be a freaking robot. Not to feel something during this movie. My God, it was just the the emotions you go through of joy and uh, um, and there are moments and and this is why I still love 
you know, I have a I, Ramblers. I have a huge video collection at home. If you could see it, and one day if I get the YouTube and everything going, you'll see some of it. Um, yeah, I like watching things at home, but the theater experience, I'm telling you, is still great for these kind of movies because you know, in this movie, I heard people openly go yeah, and and I heard people crying and upset and cheering in this movie and and it really felt like a group experience and and you just it's so rare because a lot of movies you know i've been in movies over the years i've spent decades watching movies ramblers and and some movies you go to and it's a comedy you get a little bit of laughs or you get a bit of something and you get a bit of a reaction but a lot of times most of us just sit in our hands and we don't say anything you know but and even more so in Infinity War. Infinity War, oh, the ending of Infinity War, that got reactions. But but this one, too. I mean, there was something that said, F, yeah, you know, in the theater to a scene. And I thought, you know, there are kids here, but man, I can't blame you for that reaction. I can't blame you for saying that when that happened. I really can't. So... Good on you. And, and and I can't remember the last time I've heard people openly weep in a theater. Like, actually cry. And I, again, I can't blame them either. It's just... Oh, the, the story arcs in this movie, things get paid off. Now, a lot of you out there, just like me and you, you know, in this kind of a movie, there are consequences. There are things that are going to happen. And there are... And... And... You know, everybody knew going in, certain people are just not going to make it. There has to be consequences. And there are in this movie. And, Lord, you, 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 you kind of see it coming. You kind of know, okay, something's going to happen. But when it happens, my God, it's just... See, it's getting me right now. I'm talking about because I'm thinking about it. Uh, it's just, it's kind of gut-wrenching. And I know, and I know it's going to be the same with Game of Thrones this season. I know certain, like, you know, like, going into Time of Scoring, going into Episode 3, I guarantee you, with Game of Thrones, there are characters going into Episode 3, they're not going to make it out of Episode 3. They are not going to make it. I don't know who. And, I, and, and I'm not going to spoil it for you when I review the, the series. But I know there are ones that are not going to make it out of episode three. And by the end of a game of Game of Thrones, by the end of episode six or seven or whatever the hell it ends at, there are a few more that are not going to be around anymore. I guarantee you that. And and it's it's going to be that way. And that's good drama, man. That's this is why I plugged down money to go to theater to see something. And. Man, I just, I, I I can't remember the last time I've had a movie just make my heart race watching it. Generally make it happen. Because a lot of times movies are movies, right? I see so much stuff. And it doesn't have that effect on me. And maybe for those, maybe you go to see this movie because it's the hype, right? And you haven't watched any Avengers movies or nothing. Maybe you won't be as emotionally invested as the other person, but I could tell them that all, I could tell them that theater, there were people there 
that you know they, they've been there since the start, man. Since the very start. And, and you, you know that, that, that by their reactions. And, um, yeah. So I encourage you guys, definitely check this one out in a theater. If you have the means, man, do it. Do it. You don't, if you don't want to avoid spoilers for the next three months, do it. Do yourself a favor. And and no, Disney's not paying me to say this. Okay? They're not. I'm we are the home here of the honest opinion. I'm giving you my honest opinion. Alright? Now, I'm not gonna say it's all sunshine and lollipops because it isn't. They they're the the pacing in the movie, uh, and and because you know, uh, again, honest opinion. The pacing in this movie is a little slow to start. I'm going to give you... It kind of... It really picks up... Right... Right... Like, really in movie time. Days after... The end of Infinity War. And there's a heartbreaking scene right at the start of it. But but it really kind of picks up... Right at the start. Like, this movie goes to the gut right at the start. And... 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 and so the pacing at the start is a little slow because we're going in with the aftermath of of the snap, right? And and there's a time jump too in the movie. So so there is a bit of a pacing, and and we we get the repercussions of the end of Infinity War. And in a way, it's almost like it really is like an Infinity War Part Two, in that we we deal with these events. From Infinity War and Endgame, and then we deal with it, deal with it, and then we get okay. How do we fix it, right? How do how do we we don't want to live with this anymore? And, and how can we turn this around? And that's like the other half of the movie. So for the first little bit, I'm going to caution you: if you have young kids and they want they want action, 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 first part is slow. Now it's not. Doesn't bother me as an adult because here's story, here's setup, here's what needs to be done. Uh, and I understand that. Uh, but for little kids, they might get a little impatient. <laughs> that, you know, there's not a lot of big fighting scenes near the start of the movie. You know, it's kind of what it is. But but there is a payoff. Third act. Oh, Lordy, is there a payoff for that? So so you gotta bear that in mind. So, you know. It it it's a slow start. It it kind of has to build, and um, so that that's that. The music in it is that's the only really nitpick I have. <clears throat> that and there are some characters that even at the end don't get a lot of screen time. They have their moments. They have their kind of yeah, I did this and this, and I and I did this and this because there is a battle at the end, which I will say. Which to me is Lord of the Rings epic. Okay. I'm talking epic like Battle at Mordor with Sauron, the whole Oh Lordy. It it is an amazing that third act is just that fight is 
this is modern cinema, man. You could not do this. It it is amazing how good it looks. And it is one of those moments when this hits video, I am gonna be watching that again. And I am and this is a very rewatchable movie. I'm gonna be going and I'm gonna be pausing it at certain ports just because things go by so quickly. It's like bam ba dam ba dam ba dam ba dam that you go like I, th- I think I just saw that. Did that? Did I just see that character there? Did I? Did I? Did I? And 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 that's that. Uh, props go to the actors. Robert Downey is amazing. Chris Evans is amazing. Thanos, James Brolin, does a really good job in this. He's such a good villain. And and then even I give Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. It's just <laughs> for the animated. Does really well. And Chris Helmsworth, Thor. You 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 know you think you saw everything he could do in Ragnarok. You thought, oh wow, that's really stretching the character and taking the character in ways we never thought we'd ever see Thor before. In this movie, holy moly, there's a side of Thor. There's I didn't think I would ever see him, and, and that's and it's amazing. Points to Helmsworth for doing this to say, okay, I'm going to play him this way, and I applaud that. That is that is really cool. There is a lot of humor in this movie. Man, there are quite a few jokes. Also, Mark Ruffalo does something with the Hulk, which is really cool. And, and I like that. Uh, I like the way that was done. Lots of humor. There, there, are, there are some scenes. I'm going to warn you, parents, because I'm not a parent right now, but I am a parent at heart. There is a scene or two where there is some violence, which is kind of graphic, which may or may not disturb you. And if it's young, young kids, I don't know. It it makes sense why they did it. It's part of the story. It's part of the plot. But it is uber violent. (laughs) So take that as you will. It's, It's not... It could have been more gory, but... It's still, it is what it is, so keep that in mind. If you're sensitive about that with kids, if you're one of those people that took your kid out of the Green Lantern movie at the start because of the whole parallax thing, and you said, mm I'm done, be forewarned. That's only really one scene. Everything else is pretty much kid-safe, you know, uh, action-wise. There are story elements to it. Be prepared if your kid really cares about some characters. They will be sad. Uh, and you will have some explaining to do depending on how young they are. Now, this is a, a cumulation uh, of, of 10 years plus years. And it really does wrap and tie things up. It does, does, does set the stage for what will be phase four. Now... After this, Marvel is kind of slowing down their movies. We do, of course, Spider-Man Far From Home coming out uh, later this year. And this movie does address how that will happen. So keep that in mind. Then there's supposed to be a uh, Doctor Strange 2, uh, Black Panther 2, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out with what promised to be a very interesting addition to the Guardians. Um, That's coming out, and I think there's a few more kind of in the works. So there are hints to, and oh, and also Falcon Winter Soldier. That movie is coming out. So there's a lot on the way. What 
the next phase will be and how they're going to set things up. I don't know. And how much of a role Captain Marvel will be? I don't know. If you've been watching the press, uh, Brie Larson does not get along well with a lot of the cast members. So I don't know if, if the character will be there, they might recast her. I, I'm not sure about that. So that is the case. Uh, I said Sylvestri is tremendous in this movie. Um, I love his score. Really knows how to hit it. If you're looking for end end credits beyond the part where they have the actors come up and the signature and the characters, which is super cool. Still have your 3D glasses on when you watch that. No. After that rolls, there's nothing, right? There's nothing. No end credits at the end of the credits. So for all you thinking... Or maybe I should sit around and wait to see if it happens. I'll save you some time. You don't need to. This time around, there is a Stan Lee cameo in this one. You gotta be quick, but it's still cool to see him in in this final movie. I believe this is his final cameo in a Marvel movie, and good one to end it on. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm gonna say. Uh, Overall, yeah, this... Ah, this movie is is just it really rewards you for investing your time and watching all the movies before it. There is a bit of a timey wimey factor involved. That's all I'm gonna say. And there are some elements you gotta go. Wait a minute! If this happens, why doesn't this happen? There's that. And you kind of have to go, okay, I'm just going to let that go and not worry about it because in the end, it's still a popcorn movie. So there are certain things like that where you're going, wait a minute, why, if this happened, why didn't this happen? So you kind of let that go. There, there also are some genuine aww moments I heard people, I, I'd say, I've never heard people react so much for this and, and cheers and just... The audience reaction. I hope when you see it, you get that. I hope when you see it, you're seeing it with people, and I gather a lot of them were. That were people that this is the first time watching it. And this movie will be rewatched. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I hope you do, because just to get that feeling of it. Now, as I said, I've tried to keep this as spoiler-free as I can. There are so many moments I would love to talk about that just blew me away in this movie, but I won't say that here. Um, it is worth seeing in the theater. I, I, I mean it. I really mean it. Uh, if you want a spoiler spoiler review of this movie, let me know. I generally don't do them, you know, but if you want one, if there's enough requests, Ramblers, if you tweet me and enough people really want it, I'll consider it. And if I do do it, I will warn it in the show notes. I will warn you at the top of the show, and I will warn you just before I talk about it. So you will be forewarned um, if you want to do that, because there's a lot I can talk about if you want me to do a spoilery review, there's a lot of things I can go over again and talk to you about if you want me to, but I won't, uh, if you don't want me to. So I'll leave that in mind because a lot of people are doing spoiler free and spoiler reviews. And I generally just keep them spoiler free in general, but if you really want one, let me know, send me a tweet. I will tell you the tweet at the end of the show where you can tweet me and let me know. And, and if the demand is there, I will do it. But if it's not, y'all just 
this is what you get and enjoy the movie. So that is it. As, as always, uh, as everybody else says, I encourage you hashtag don't spoil the end game. If you do watch it, say how much you enjoyed it, but don't put major plot points. Don't upload pictures. Don't say things that will spoil it. There are definitely moments in this movie. If I'd seen screenshots, if I had heard things, I would have been annoyed that I got missed the genuine. Did I just see that reaction to that? And, and the ride, the fun ride, my heart went on in this movie. So that is that. So that is my take of Avengers Endgame at a theater near you. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope y'all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me in a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and likes I get on Twitter. Any kind of artwork that I get from any movies or books or TV shows to talk about, I like to throw it up on Twitter to show you all. And uh, just anything I find in interesting in general, I will throw up on Twitter. So have a look at that. I don't update it all the time. Every once in a while, I do that up. And of course, all the new um, links to the new episodes get uploaded on Twitter. You can, also, you can also check me out on Facebook. Just type in Ramble Russell in the Facebook search engine. You'll find me there. I know I have not updated that in forever, but drop me a like there. If you can as well. Of course, all new episodes are right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm show 18411. That is my caller ID. Feel, feel, please feel free, free to throw a like or a comment on my homepage there. Appreciate all of that and all the uh, re-downloads that I'm getting lately. People really like when I talk about Avengers. I notice that a lot. Uh, and, of course, you can chat all my older episodes on my original podcast, where I have over eight-plus years of podcasting goodness, from 2006 right up until 2013, when I switched over on a regular basis here on TalkShoe, <coughs> to at RamblingRust, R-I-M-B, uh, you can check it out at HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, RamblingRust, R-I-M-B-L-I-N-G, dot, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Libsyn, Dot com. That's our original home on the internet where I have over eight to send all those years of podcasting, goodness, full of reviews, interviews, and convention coverage when I used to go to conventions right there at your fingertips. And of course, you can also check out those older episodes in iTunes under podcasts. Just type in Ramble Russell in the search engine there and you'll find my podcast and older episodes right there. Coming up on future episodes of the show, I don't have a lot uh, currently to go through. I'm kind of in, in a bit of a, a slow period. There are some very interesting releases coming out in May from Paramount, including the 25th anniversary of Forrest Gump and a, uh, and a comedy starring Tracy Morgan. That's, that's coming out when in round in May. So some releases there I might talk about and um, some other ones too, but nothing that kind of, jumps out of mind for May. So what, what may happen in May for the next episode, I did, though, get a copy recently of The Escape Room, courtesy of Sony. So that review will definitely be coming 
on uh, the next episode of the show. But beyond that, we may have to do what I like to call a little bit of review catch-up. There are some reviews I've kind of put in the back burner that I'm going to try to get around to finishing. Um, and that's probably going to be on on deck unless I get some more new stuff coming my way sometime soon. So that will include uh, the uh, reissue of Pride and Prejudice from 1990s, Kurt of BBC, as well as Killing Eve Season 1. We really need to get that through that. And maybe Vera Season Set 8, as well as from Paramount, our cartoon president, Season 1, and Elementary Season 6. That's all possibly on coming up for a possible review. And I did pitch up a copy of the Justice League versus Fatal Five through my own wallet um, that I may review as well. Uh, not sent to me, but still, I might review that on the show in the upcoming weeks. That is all today. And then if, I'm not sure if any DK books come more my way, I'll throw those on as well. When it comes to a movie, I don't know. I am, of course, interested in seeing Spider-Man Homecoming coming out, I believe, in July. But we will see finances and time-wise when I have time to see that. That's the next big superhero movie coming out, I do believe. And then when it comes to Shazam, when that hits video, then I will probably watch that along with Captain Marvel. So looking for any more superhero movie stuff, I wait till then. And then I'll have that. That is it for me. Hope you all enjoyed the show. As I said before, don't spoil the endgame hashtag. Please don't do that. Uh, if you have a chance to watch it, go ahead and do it. If you don't want me to talk about spoilers and do a review, I won't. You leave it all. But if you do want to oppress your opinion and just say you really enjoyed it and you want to tweet that to me, great. Don't throw a spoiler in there and say, I really enjoyed the part when this happened. Don't do that. If you put that on my Twitter, I will delete it. Uh, I'll warn you now. I'm not going to have caught in any kind of spoilers. You can comment on how you like the movie. Feel free to do so. But don't reveal anything, major plot points, or I will kill the comment, the tweet, much as, as I enjoy getting tweets. I will enforce that rule on the show, but I'd love to hear from you and hear your reactions of the movie. But don't spoil something. Or I'll take it away. Um, so that, that is it for that. Thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time right here on Ramble with Russell. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening.